You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. And this morning, I want you to take it serious. It's simple. Like, you see, the things of the Spirit are not complicated. They are not complicated at all. As a matter of fact, we are the ones that complicate the things of the Spirit. They are very simple. And the simplicity of the things of the Spirit sometimes uh, causes people to miss it. Because it looks so simple, or it sounds so simple. Do you understand? It's like salvation. I'll never forget the day I was out on evangelism, and I spoke to this guy. And, and then, you know, he got, I, he got to a point that I was to lead him to Christ. And, I said, and he said, okay, so what can I do to be saved? And I said to him, believe in the Lord Jesus and confess with your mouth and you shall be saved. Do you know what he said to me? He said, is that all? I said, yes. He says, ah, no, I don't believe you. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I mean, it was, it's so simple that it offends his mind. He said, you mean I should just believe and just speak it out and that's all? And he says, no, no, no. It's got to be more than that. If I had told him, uh, you need to go to Mount Everest. Huh? Climb Mount Everest and make sure you are carrying um, 25 kgs on your back as you climb. And when you get to the top, you, you need to say this when you get there. And in fact, when you say it, make sure nobody is seeing you and nobody is around to hear what you are saying. Yeah, so you need to say it and say it at a time that no bird is flying. Okay? Say it at a time that no bird is flying. And as you say it, you need to say it without breathing. So you need to pray it quickly. <laughs> if you breathe while saying it, it's, it's over. You have to start all over. <laughs> if I had said something like that, he would say, wow, wow. this must be powerful. <laughs> this must be powerful, yes. I think I will do that. But we say, believe. And confess with your mouth, and you'll be saved. He says, ah, no. It can't be that simple. If what you are saying is this serious, I don't think it's that simple. Can you see how people complicate simple things? And that's why some pastors will now come up with some things to address and help those people you know, yeah. Yeah. But the things of the kingdom are simple. That's why Jesus said, unless you are converted and become like a little child. Have you seen any complicated child? They are simple. They are very simple. And that is how to get into the kingdom. It is simple. 
not complicated. Let's not complicate the things of God. They are very simple. Okay? So the, the laws I'm sharing with you, you will notice they are all simple. And I was telling that guy, I said, it is simple, but it is not cheap. Don't mistake the two. Yeah, Jesus paid a high price for our salvation. He paid a high price for us to walk in the supernatural. He paid a high price for your healing. He paid a high price for your deliverance. He paid a high price for your blessing. It doesn't mean it is cheap. But he has made it simple so that nobody has an excuse. Yeah. Can you imagine if salvation depended on your, how much you can pay? Some people will be excluded. People will be excluded. Yeah. I know of somebody that is, uh, that, you know, you, 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 you have to pay the, what they call redemption fee. There's a way they calculate it. There are some scriptures they use to calculate the redemption fee that you have to pay. Now, what if you don't have, if you have zero, zero runs, how, how can you pay for redemption fee? That means you go to hell because you can't pay for pay redemption fee. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jesus has paid the price and he said, freely you have received, freely give. Nobody should pay for salvation. Nobody should pay for healing. I remember years ago in Cape Town, one of, one of our members, you know, she, she, she had just joined us and she, she had a condition, very, very serious condition, you know, that uh, you could, uh, at that time we could say it was a death sentence. Yeah. You know, no cure, whatever. And so the power of God was moving and, you know, I called people out for for prayer, to, to pray for them. And she sat down there. And at the end of the service, and when my wife was talking to her, she now found out she had this condition. She said, but why didn't you go out for prayer? She said, no, I didn't have any money. Say what? What does that mean? Explain. No, I couldn't, I didn't have money to pay for this, for the prayer. How, how do you arrive at that? Was there any fee that was attached to that call for prayer? No. So how, how do you end up saying you don't have any money to come out to be prayed for? She said, um, well, in my former church, you know, something like this, there is, I can't remember the amount for that kind of condition. So, Different sicknesses have different fees. No, I'm telling you, in this country, it's not I'm not I'm not talking about something in another planet. Yeah, it's here. I don't want to mention the name. It's not necessary. Yeah, it's not necessary. But you know, yeah, it exists. So she said she didn't have any money, and that's why she couldn't come out for prayer because. The amount that is, is uh, the price tag, where she's coming from, is so high. Only rich people can afford that kind of price.
prayer. So poor people are excluded. Meanwhile, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. God has a heart for the poor, in case you don't know. Amen? So this morning, I want to speak to you on what I call the law of demand and supply. Somebody said the law of demand and supply. Now, I'm not speaking economics, all right, in case you go, you know, your mind is going back to, to your economics class or whatever. No, that's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about a, you know, the thing about laws is that laws are universal. Laws are universal. They can apply in the natural, they can apply in the spiritual, they can apply in the positive, they can apply in the negative. Am I correct? Gravity is a law, whether you believe it or not. It works. Okay? It works. So you can be, you can say, well, I don't believe in, in this law. It doesn't change it. It doesn't change it. It's like the law of sowing and reaping. It, it works, whether you believe it or not. Are you getting me? There are laws. There are laws that govern the universe. And there are also laws that govern the supernatural. There are laws that govern the, the supernatural dimension. And it works in the negative as well as the positive. And one of the things I realize is that, you know, people in the kingdom of darkness are more aware of these laws. And they know how to apply them. But Christians are ignorant of these things. They're ignorant. So sometimes you find a Christian, oh, he's going through this, and then he now says, oh, but why didn't God do this for me? On what basis? On what basis should God do it for you? Yeah? In case you don't know, God owes you nothing. I know you don't like, it's, it's surprising, right? It's surprising. He doesn't owe you. In fact, you owe him. He doesn't owe you anything. So everything he's doing is just by his grace. That he's, it's, not because he, it's not because he owes you. All that Jesus has done, how much can you pay for it? Yeah. So there's a spiritual law of demand and supply. Just like in economics, there's a law of demand and supply or a theory of de demand and supply. But I want us to start from, uh, let's look at a few scriptures. So I want, uh, I, I want somebody to help me to preach this morning. Where's the mic? Yeah. So, where are the economists in the house? <laughs> Come on, guys. It's just simple. It's basics. Basics. It, it's a while back, but at least, at least. Okay. Yes. So, you just help us. Can you help us to explain demand, that 
principle or yeah, demand and supply. Put your preaching voice on. Okay, I, I hope I can still remember it. Uh, there must be demand for yes. something. Yes. And then you will have to then provide. So it means you're actually meeting that demand by making the supply available. Okay. Unless there's a demand for something, yes. then there is no point in supplying it. Okay. All right, just hold it. <laughs> yeah. Unless there is a demand. Did you hear that? Yeah. Unless there is a demand for something, there's no point supplying. What if you decide to supply and there's no demand? Okay, there's something that we call the, the economies of scale. Yes. When business operates, they have to operate above the economies of scale. So should you decide, let's say, hypothetically, you're not only providing that one product, but you can end up operating below the economies of scale because you've supplied something that there is no demand for it. So you're not going to generate any revenue from that. Okay. All right. So something, let's say, for instance... There is, there is uh, well, there is a demand for bread, right? Uh, that's why um, there is, there is, uh, everywhere you go, you find bread. It's because there is a demand, right? Okay. Supposing, all right, supposing we wake up in the morning and everybody sees bread everywhere, on the streets, everywhere. Um, How does it affect the business person who has a shop that is selling bread? They're definitely not going to be making any money okay. if it's out there for free. All right. So when, when supply outstrips demand, what happens? The prices are definitely going to drop. They'll drop. Yes, they'll have to drop the prices for them to stay in business. Okay. So, in other words, for, for things to go well, there has to be an the, equilibrium, or what is it? What yes, do you call we it? do Balance. call it, yes, we do have an equilibrium, yeah. uh, where basically you have the demand exactly meeting the supply. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, there has to be an equilibrium, else you might have to drop the price, as you indicated earlier, okay. to All say, right. if ever then the supply exceeds the demand. Okay. All right, yeah, so that's what is happening to the oil price, all those things that are happening. In case, <laughs> hallelujah. But you see, the point is this, spiritually, the same principle works. We think that the supernatural just manifests. And yet, our demand is so low. Are you getting me? When the demand is so low, the power of God doesn't manifest. That's the reason why we don't see the power of God as we're supposed to in the, in, in the church today. The demand is so low. And it's a law. It's a law. Because if the demand is so low, supply will be minimal. 
So the reason why I'm sharing this law with you is so that we increase our demand. Are you following me? As a church, we need to raise our demand for the supernatural. We need to raise our demand for God to move. We need to raise our demand to see heaven on earth. We need to raise our, increase our demand. Don't just come to church because it's Sunday. Do you understand? Before you come on, on your way to church, in fact, before you leave home, in fact, before you wake up, in fact, the day before, in fact, days before, in fact, after the last service, you need to start preparing for the next service. Are you getting me? This is vital. I'm telling you, if we will, if we will begin to apply this law, you know what is going to happen? As you are parking your car outside, you'll be healed. Before you come inside, I'm telling you. You'll be healed on your way. Fine, somebody passing will get healed. I'm not just talking. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. So, I know what I'm talking about. If there is no demand... We cannot see the supernatural at the level that we are supposed to. Okay? He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So in other words, as God, God was educating them about how to approach him. So as the time, by the time they get to the gate, they don't need to wait till they have entered. From the gate, they should start thanking him. Yeah. Hallelujah. From the gate, you are praising God. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you. I thank you. I've had a great week. I've had an awesome week. In fact, even though it was challenging, I have been on top. You did not allow the devil to prevail over me this week. And you enter, you enter with thanksgiving. You enter with thanksgiving. But no, many of us, we enter... Nobody knows the trouble I have seen. Nobody knows my sorrow. So what do you expect? Or you enter with an attitude, you know, that says that God is on you. Yeah, you enter with that attitude and you say, Lord, how many times? Lord, 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 how many times did I call you? <laughs> Lord! Since I've been praying, huh? since I have been going to church, since I've been tithing, God. I don't want to quarrel with you today. Lord. All right. Let me stop there. 
So you come like that. And you want supernatural. How? What law? Because God operates by laws and principles. What law is he going to use? Huh? Because the devil can accuse him if he breaks the law. The, the devil will tell him, that's illegal. Yeah. In case you don't know, the devil is very legalistic. He said, that's illegal. You can't do that. What scripture supports that? How can you do that? Look at this. Look at this. Look at that. Mm. So, there is a way to approach him. So, from your, from your home, in fact, if you, feel, if you feel that you're already in God's court, in, in, in fact, if you feel that you have entered his gates from home, you start thanking him there. Amen. On your way to church. Amen. Hallelujah. You start thanking him. And of course, no road rage. <laughs> the taxi driver just cuts in front of you and then now. You start, it starts flowing. Huh? It's, like, it's like the bishop, one bishop that wanted to. Pastor Sam. Those early days in ministry, he took his car. You know, somebody blessed them with a Mercedes 500. So he took it to the bishop to go and, you know, to pray, you know. And when they got there, the bishop was quarreling with another, another <laughs> bishop. If I deal with you, you fool. He was just saying all sorts of things. You know, preachers. Bishop to bishop. And he, he continued, continued, continued. And then after that, when he saw them and, you know, he just stopped. He just said, ah, oh, by the way, Reverend Sam, eh, yeah, okay. Oh, wow, God is good, eh? Oh, Father, bless this car. <laughs> we thank you for this provision, oh God. Eh? And then after that, he went back again to continue. He said, if I finish with you in this city, you will learn to respect me. So, what kind of blessing did that car receive? I don't know. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, there is need for demand. Okay? A higher demand will lead to a higher supply. And let me show you a few scriptures to support this point. Why don't we look at the book of uh, Mark, Mark chapter 5. There are a lot of scriptures that support this principle, but I'll just show you a few this morning. Verse 25, Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and has suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Hey, this is somebody's life now we're talking about. She grew worse. Huh? And when she heard about Jesus, 
she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? I can imagine Peter saying, Lord, come on, let's be reasonable here. Don't, don't, you know, don't insult my intelligence. Look at all these people around you. Everybody is thronging you. And in the midst of that, you say, who touched me? So who? Everybody here touched you. Why can't you say, who touched you? We all touched you. Yeah. But there's a touch of demand. Are you getting me? There's a touch of demand. And that's different. That's different. There's a touch of demand that causes supply. Yeah, there is. So everybody can be touching Jesus. But there is one that triggered supply. There is one touch. Not many. Many people have been touching, but there is one particular one that was a touch of demand. That triggered supply. It's one particular touch. That's what Jesus was talking about. And he looked around to see who had done this thing. Jesus looking around. As he's talking, he's looking around. You know, he's looking around. You know, that's, have you seen sometimes when a child does something? And then you say, who did this? And you're looking. You know, you can tell. You can always tell who is guilty. Am I correct? Yeah. So Jesus is looking around, looking around. Who touched me? Nobody's owning up. Who touched me? Nobody's owning up, right? Nobody's owning up. But then verse 33, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. So the woman knew. I'm sure Jesus was looking at her. Who touched me? Who touched me? Who touched me? Who touched me? And the woman saw, I can't hide this thing. You know, I better own up now. Okay? And she comes, she kneels down, she says, I'm so sorry. I'm the one. I'm the one that touched you. But I want you to understand something. And I've said this before. Even that touch, it's not that she touched him. Yeah? It's not that she touched him. Hmm? She touched the hem of his garment. Stand up. The hem. She touched the hem of his garment. That's what she did. Not him. 
The Bible says she touched the hem of his garment. Huh? You know, in the Jewish culture, uh, in Jewish tradition, the rabbis, the rabbis, it is believed that the rabbis, there is authority on their, on their garment, especially the hem of their garment. So this woman had faith. Hallelujah. I'm not asking for prayer. I don't want to be touched. I'm not asking for him to put his hand on me. If I can just touch the hem. Now, question. When I touched the hem, did you feel it? How come you didn't feel it? Yeah, because I didn't touch him, but I touched this. And you can't feel it. You can't feel it. So what, Jesus, what are you talking about? But there are people that touched Jesus. Do you understand? Physically, there were people, they were thronging him. They were touching him. But this one, she only touched the hem of his garment. And yet... That was the one that heaven responded to. That was the one that heaven responded to. Can you imagine? Hallelujah. She fell down. She told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. Of her affliction, of your affliction. Hallelujah. But you see, when she heard about Jesus, she said to herself, she made up her mind. She determined. Okay? Nobody preached and gave her a formula. Okay? She decided. You need to decide. You need to decide. When you come to church, you decide ahead of time. Do you understand? You decide what you are going to get. You decide. You need to, you need to place a demand. You need to place a demand. You need to decide and say, God, as I'm going to church today, this is what I'm expecting. If you don't place a demand, don't expect supply. Don't expect supply. Why, Why would you expect supply? Like so you're trying to feed someone that is full. There's no hunger. There's nothing. In case you don't know, in the kingdom, the legal tender is hunger. Yeah, that's the legal. Yeah, that's why Jesus said, Come, all ye that thirst, come and drink. Buy. Without money. How do you buy with your hunger and thirst? Yeah. So, the reason why we're not seeing the power of God is because people are not hungry enough. Stop blaming God. It's not His fault. It's our fault. Our phone. We are satisfied with playing church and being religious. That's our problem. 
but I am tired of church. Do you know I can close this church now? It's, if, if there's no power, if there's no supernatural, we close shop. I'm telling you. Yeah, I've been pastoring for over 25 years. And, you know, li- listen, I, I, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm tired of just preaching, 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 preaching. I sweat, sweat, sweat. Nothing. Come on. Let's go and do business or something. You know, go. Go and look for something else to do. Maybe I should go and lecture or something. Yeah. Or be doing motivational speaking. Just go around. I'll go to NetBank. You know, before I finish, I give them my invoice. You know, 200000 you give me, I finish. I'll go to the next one. You know, I'll just... I'll just be glowing. And I'll be comfortable. In case you don't know, I can do it very well if I want to. By the time I finish, all the CEOs, they will bow. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you. They will refer me to all their friends. I know how to do it. But of what use is that? I want the power. Somebody say power. Power. I want the supernatural. Hungry. I'm hungry and I want to increase my hunger. And I'm, I'm inviting you to join me in this hunger, in this quest for the supernatural. Hallelujah. We won't be satisfied with anything ordinary. We won't be satisfied at all. Yes? Open up the sky. Hallelujah. Let heaven come down. We're hungry for heaven. I want another kingdom to invade this land. Do you know what I'm talking about? I want another kingdom to invade Midrand. Let it get to a point where they say, hey, if you go to Midrand, you'll be saved. Hallelujah. Let it get to that point where they say, if if you go to Midrand, you'll just be healed. I want it to get to a point. People are driving past me. Freeway, they're driving, they just get hit. They don't know what happened. Hallelujah. Overflow. Somebody say overflow. Overflow. Spill over. Yes. Let it it be so, so (laughs) abundant. Let it flow to to a point where people will be getting healed, not knowing what happened to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's real. If you go study church history, these things I'm talking about have happened already. It's not new. It's not new. These things are, are real, I'm telling you. But there was hunger. There was hunger. So many Christians, they are not hungry for God. Guess what? They are just playing church. No, nah, no, the pastor wasn't anointed today. No, this, the worship team, uh, they were not on point today. They're not on point. That usher didn't smile at me today. In fact, can you imagine? I greeted this one and he didn't even look at me. You see, when there's no power, that's, that's what you occupy yourself with. You'll be offended. You'll be getting offended. Anything can offend you. Why? There's no power. There's no power. You're angry at everybody. If you don't repent, eh? 
Let me not say what will happen to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. But it's not a good thing. That's what is happening to the body of Christ. And what I'm saying is global. It's a global condition. It's a global com- condition. I'm not looking for mega church. I'm looking for mega power. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to go to the occult like some people do. Okay? They go because they don't want to pay the price of hunger. They're looking for shortcut. We know all those places that they go to. But this woman, she placed a demand. She placed a demand. And look what happened to her. What about the other people? Ah, God, you know, this is not fair. It's not about fair. God is not fair. God, in, in case you don't know, God is not fair. You never find a scripture where it says God is fair. You will find the Bible says God is just. He's not fair. He's just. So he, he, he operates according to his word. Are you following me? According to his word. According to his, his principles. According to his law. Even, you know that God submits to his word. The Bible says he has exalted the word above his name. So God is here. He is above all. Then he puts his word. And his word is the final authority. So who are you and who am I? Do not come and tell him to violate his word. He won't. Are you following me? Yeah. yeah, so we need to place demands. When you come to church, please expect something. Amen. All right? Prepare your heart. Prepare your heart before you come before the Lord. Amen. And when you come, tell, tell, you know, when you come, expect supply. It's a law. So if you, have, if, you, if you really, really place a demand, it shouldn't surprise you that there is a supply. All right? Yeah. So the law of demand and supply is vital. Should I show you another place where... Okay, let, in fact, still in Mark, let's look at chapter 6. From verse 53, it says, When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him, him who, Jesus, and ran through that whole surrounding region and began carrying, began to carry about on beds those who were what? Seek to wherever they heard he was. Hello? Can you see that? Imagine, they hear Jesus is in town. They go to the hospital. They go and, you know, bring their relatives. Carry them on stretchers. And they brought the stretchers. Where is he? Where is he now? They say, no, he has moved now. He has moved from, uh, from halfway house. He's now in Nordvik. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, no. He's now in Vona Valley. Oh, okay, okay. 
That's what was happening. Huh? He says, wherever he entered, into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplace and begged him that he might just touch, that they might just touch the hem of his garment. I'm sure this woman's testimony had provoked some people. It has stirred up the faith of many people. You get what I'm saying? Now, everybody, they say, don't even do anything. We don't want to touch that thing that that woman touched. Huh? And as, and as many as did what? Touched him where he made, they were made well. Yeah, they were made well. Demand and supply. Simple. Can you see? So, there was so much demand. There was so much demand. And then, the anointing just, it just manifested. He said, as many, there's no limit to the supply. The only limit is demand. So far as there is demand, there will be supply. There will be supply. That's a supernatural law. So when you come to church, not as a religious obligation, but you come to contact the supernatural. You come to contact God. You say, God, I'm going right. I'll never forget, years ago, years, years, in my teenagers, one day I was sick. I prayed, you know, I went to church, they prayed for me, nothing happened. One, I got angry. Okay, I got angry. You need sometimes to get angry because it should say how, how hungry you are. And I called my, my little sister. She was I think probably about four at that time. I called her. I said, come on, lay your hands on me. You know, I said, I said to the Lord, Lord, as she lays her hands on me, I'm going to be healed. I told myself, just like that woman, she said within herself. No, I said within myself. As she lays her hands on me, and what kind of prayer can a four-year-old pray? Huh? What kind of prayer? Come out in the name of Jesus. Is that the, how they pray? No. She just laid her hand on me. Jesus. 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 Honestly, before God... I'm standing in God's presence. I got healed instantly. Amen. It was not, you know, tomorrow. Instantly. Wow. When there's demand. Amen. I say when there's, talk to, talk to someone, say when there's demand. There, demand. there has to be supply. It's a law. It's a law. So when you see that there is no supply, what does that indicate? No demand. Stop blaming anybody. Stop blaming people. 
Stop blaming God. Stop blaming your pastor. Stop blaming your wife. Stop blaming. It is your fault. Touch your neighbor. Say it's your fault. Yeah. It's not, you know, the person you see when you look into the mirror is the one at fault. Huh? When you look into the mirror, is it your uncle you see? No. The person you see in the mirror is the one at fault. So if you are not experiencing God as you should, increase your hunger. Okay? So as a church, corporately, our hunger has to rise. We need to build up our hunger. Let it get to a point where demand will so hit us. I mean, supply will so hit us. That Midran will feel the impact. Every home in Midran will feel, what happened today? Ah, some people have placed a demand. Some people, there are some people somewhere that have placed a demand. That's what is happening. Hallelujah. Should I show you some more? This is just one. <laughs> I said there a lot. Hmm? Are you hungry? Oh, that's nice. You will be fed. Amen. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, Amen. for they shall be filled. Amen. Amen. Ma- Matthew chapter 15. Let's look at another example. In fact, this one, this one didn't even have, she was not, anyway, let's just read it. Matthew chapter 15, from verse 21. It says, then Jesus departed out from the, uh, Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. This woman, what's wrong with her? I can't hear what the master has said. Oh, no, he's not interested. He's not even paying any attention to you. Go back home. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lordship of the house of Israel. Then the Lord answered. Huh? No, okay. When he said that, Then she came down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. She worshipped him. She bowed down. Lord, help me. Those that say Jesus is not God, can you receive worship? How would you behave if I just started worshipping you? (laughs) You You will run away. Yeah. So she came and worshipped. This is proof that Jesus is God. And he didn't rebuke her for worshipping him. Okay? So he's God in the flesh. But he answered and said, you know, all the while, Jesus didn't want to pay attention. 
And then after she had disturbed him, disturbed him, he said, listen, I came for the house of Israel. Because this woman was not an Israelite. She was not an Israelite. Syrophoenician woman. Okay? But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to little dogs. If you are the one, how would you respond? Somebody talk to you like that. Can you imagine in front of people, it's not a secret, his disciples are there around him and there are people everywhere, everybody. And Jesus stones, he says, it's not good to give the children's bread to little dogs. And you see, the Jews used to call Gentiles dogs. Hmm? At least we know how it was when some people talked about monkeys. A few months ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, 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 you notice the reaction. Yeah. Jesus called her dog. Huh? And yet, the Bible says he has never sinned. So he did not sin when he called her dog. It was not a sin. It was a statement of fact. Not a statement of truth. Okay, there's a difference between the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you surprised? If you are hungry, I'll explain to you. But. So, what happens? The woman responds. She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs... Eat the crumbs which fall their master's table. She didn't argue with the Lord. She didn't say, how dare you call me a dog? I was made in God's image after his likeness. She didn't say that. She didn't say, oh, this is... Oh. I'm so hurt, oh my... How can you talk to me like this? This is not fair. No. She didn't say that. She said, yes. You have a point. But in case you are not aware, in case you have forgotten, crumbs fall off the table. And dogs have a right Amen. to eat the crumbs. Amen. I'm not asking for the loaf. Amen. I'm not asking for the loaf. My faith is enough to, 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 to activate the supernatural from the crumb. Give the children the bread. Give me the crumbs. Give the children the bread. Give me the crumbs. And I know by the crumbs and my faith, when I mix my faith with the crumbs, I have a miracle. There has to be supply. Her demand was so strong that Jesus knew that 
hey, this is serious. The whole of Israel have not seen this kind of demand. Nobody has demonstrated this kind of hunger. Nobody has demonstrated this kind of faith. Nobody has demonstrated this kind of thirst in the whole nation. Israel was a custodian of faith. And they are supposed to teach other nations faith. But this Gentile woman is coming to teach Israel something. The level of her demand. Oh my Lord. Even I'm sure the father himself was so impressed. He said, Jesus, whatever she says, let it be done. Hallelujah. The law of demand and supply. Whatever, whatever she says. Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire, as you demand. Let it be to you as you demand. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Can you see? Demand, supply. Demand and supply. Many of us want supply. We don't have any demand. And we are offended because our lack of demand has not been met with supply. How is that going to happen? What law governs that? Tell me, what law governs that? Is it not the one that says, ask and you shall receive? Yeah, demand and you shall be supplied. That's it. Ask and you shall receive. That's a law. That's a law. And in case you don't know, in the Greek, it has in, uh, that scripture in, in, in Matthew 7, 7, where it says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. It's a present continuous. So it's not a one-time ask. It's not a one-time ask. No, no, no. He that keeps on asking will keep receiving. He that keeps on knocking, the door will keep opening. You knock, one door is open. It's not the only door in the supernatural. There are many doors in the supernatural. I'm telling you. So you, I mean, you got saved. Is that not, are you not, that's a door you've entered. Does that mean that's all? No, you have to keep knocking. Other doors will be opening. So he that keeps knocking, to him that keeps knocking, doors will keep opening. Doors will keep opening. God wants to bless you beyond your imagination. God wants to use you in ways that you, you know, nobody in your family has ever experienced. Yeah, but, but are you hungry? Are you hungry? I'm hungry for heaven. I'm, I'm not saying I want to die and go to heaven. In fact, God, I must not die until I bring heaven down. Yeah, that's, that's what you should be saying. I refuse to die until I have brought heaven to my generation. Yeah, you need to know what to be hungry for. Yeah, the problem with us is that the devil has tricked us and giving us the wrong things to hunger for. 
But the things that are going to cause damage to his kingdom, he doesn't want us to be hungry for them. Yeah. So it's the things that don't matter. The things that Satan can be, yeah, yeah, you can have as much as you want of this. It's, it's okay. You can have oversupply even. But he knows. It's not going to shake him. It's not going to affect him. But can you imagine if you're operating like Jesus? You're walking, you walk past somebody who is crippled. As you just walk past, the person just springs up. Hey, what happened to me? Yeah. Sure. Whew. My legs are working now. You you just walk past the person. You didn't even pray. There's that level of supply. I'm telling you, there's that level. Didn't you see it in the book of Acts? When we we did Acts. Yeah, it's there. Putting people so that Peter's shadow will just fall on them. Hallelujah. But you see, if they didn't put the people, there would have been no supply. Of healing power for those people. You see? But they brought the people. Put them. Put them. So there's now enough demand. Enough demand. And as Peter is walking. Pa, 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 pa. Hey! It's coming to this land. I say it's coming to this land. We're going to see the power of God in the same dimension. I'm telling you. Continue to build our demand. Hallelujah. Let's begin to say, God, as it is in heaven, let it be in Midrand. As it is in heaven, let it be my home. As it is in heaven, let it be my business. As it is in heaven, let it be, let it be my office. Begin to demand. One day heaven will manifest. One day heaven will manifest. I think I need to stop here. I've made my point. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you ready to place demand? Are you ready to place a demand? You know, as a church, our demand must be so high. Don't compare yourself to anybody. Because you are the one that knows what you are hungry for. You see, the problem with many of us is, you know, the fallacy of comparison. The Bible says if we compare ourselves with ourselves, we are not wise. Can you compare another person's stomach to yours? No. You shouldn't. Huh? I say, oh, because Ngugi ate uh, uh, you know, a big pot of uh, whatever he likes, salsa. Huh? He ate a whole pot. So I must eat. If I try it, I might not wake up. Yeah, because I know my stomach is not like that. I can only eat like this. Then I'm looking and I say, but he's a man like me. You know, he's doing this. I must do it too. No, 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 no. Our hunger is different. Our hunger is different. Stop comparing. Eat according to your appetite. Eat according to your appetite. Huh? Or maybe he sees mine. It's so small. And then he says, oh, if I eat so much now, you know, he will say that if you are hungry, eat. Some people are not hungry for God, but you are hungry for God, and you are looking at them. Does it make sense? Huh? You are thirsty. Your friend is not thirsty. So now you don't want to drink. Because your friend is not thirsty. It doesn't make sense. 
spiritually, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing spiritually. Oh, yeah, you know, hey, this person is not hungry. This person is not thirsty. So what? Every man to himself. Hallelujah. Every man to himself. I am hungry and I must be fed. Period. I want heaven to come down. I want heaven to manifest. I don't care what my neighbor thinks. We'll meet somewhere. And then we'll compare notes. Those that try to do it without demand and look for shortcuts. Let me tell you something. something eh? All these people that are looking for shortcuts, it's just a matter of time. They'll be out of business. No, I'm telling you honestly before God. Because the Lord showed us this thing a long time ago. Some of these things happening. All the, you know, all the false things are going on. It's not new. The Lord actually told us, he showed us and said, look, this, before this thing manifests, this thing I'm showing you, this is going to come ahead of time. This is what you will see. Don't be moved. But when the real thing manifests, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear testimonies from you. Testimonies of God doing things through your life. I'm telling you, it's going to be explosive. It's going to be explosive. Just, just, just protect your hunger. Protect your hunger. Touch your neighbor and say, protect your hunger. Yeah. Because that's what you will use to bring heaven down. If you don't protect it, if you feed on things that spoil your appetite for God, huh? if you feed on things that spoil your appetite for God, you will now discover when you get there that there is no supply. But that's not your portion. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Let's stand up on our feet. Time is gone. Oh. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.